Welcome to uh, Intro to Briscoe. I'm Matt, and uh, this is the show where we review uh, the adventures of Cowboy Chinley. And <laughs> uh, I'm here with fellow Cowboy Chinley fan, Melanie. Hey, you partners. <laughs> and uh, we've got Will. Howdy. And Caitlin. Oh, I don't know what to say. You stole howdy. <laughs> say, oh, uh, yep. Say, tarnation. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, partners. <laughs> that works. And today we've got Robin. Hello, my fans. <laughs> oh my god! Taking <laughs> <Keeping> right over. <laughs> uh, Robin from the Intro to X podcast. And, yes. Uh, the the guy who named our show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to branch off. You know, I'm trying to like just make a huge podcast empire. Yes. Much like uh, the those DVM people. Yeah, <laughs> just intro to anything. Ours rhymes though, so I think ours is the best. Right, but ours ma- makes a funny little name. You can't just say intro <laughs> but you can say introdox. Yes, that's true. Damn, you win, I guess. This no, time. we 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 win in different categories. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll never let Robin win completely. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh wait, am I supposed to be coming on here to take over this show now? <laughs> yes. So uh, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk hey, to you later, hey, Matt. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it. <laughs> Actually, no. You have to speak because uh, I have to ask you what's your um, history with Briscoe, or I mean, Cowboy Chinley. Damn it. It's Cowboy Chinley. Yes. Um, Robin has challenged me to call Briscoe Cowboy Chinley from the rest of the episode. Well, that's only because you you. When I, I take it personally when my name comes out in conversation and I'm not here to defend myself, but you're like, just like that Robin who doesn't let you uh, p- put different names for other for characters on the show. I, I don't take it that seriously. You know? <laughs> I'm more easy laid back. I'm more fun. Robin. I, I, wrote, I wrote JK on my paper after I said it. Didn't you get that? <laughs> um uh yeah no i've never never watched briscoe i've i've always enjoyed uh bruce in movies i've read if chins could kill mm-hmm. um but uh never actually got into briscoe and if i realized that the show enough of harlem was in the show as well it would have been just like i have to watch this <laughs> yeah so what so. what what stopped you all these years um, for all, probably just availability. Um, I didn't really kind of search for it on Netflix. It wasn't on Instant Watch. Um, I never felt the in- inclination to buy it. Um, how are you liking it so far? It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I um, was it was it Claire or somebody said on the show that it seems like Bruce is very restrained in this more than we're used to him being. Like I'm, I want wacky Bruce, whereas <laughs> he's just kind of like playing like straight man with a a couple of quirks hmm yeah i'm not sure if that changes i'm not sure if he goes i don't remember full bruce <laughs> yeah. this, sure show, this show really really wants me to like it though because it's got like i said the show enough of harlem uh <laughs> it, it's got a talking horse it doesn't talk mm. um <laughs> and it's got you know funny characters like uh pistol pete <laughs> uh, professor woodwire it's got so. some good 90s guest stars yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, so. All right. Okay. So uh, how does it? Wait, wait, wait. What? How does it compare to X Files? Oh. Um, it's not even close to how good the X Files is. Why'd you even um, ask him that? <laughs> I wanted to hit, ask the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> uh, 
I, I'm not in here to like. <laughs> Mel's trying to be constantly comparing it. Mel, Mel's trying to start the battle. Man, it's too bad Darren Morgan doesn't write these episodes of Briscoe because uh-huh. it'd be super awesome all the time. Uh-huh. Too damn bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that this episode I looked up mm-hmm. aired the same night as the pilot of the X Files, so wow. Briscoe had a head start. Wow. And that's and the X Files. You know, people were just like, eh, well, we'll just kind of wait through the hour and uh, for the X Files to come on after you know this episode. That's kind of a coincidence that <laughs> that you're on this one then. <laughs> yeah. Considering your podcast. Yeah. Um, I, I was surprised when I looked it up. I was like, first oh, and I- your last. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, Caitlin has put her foot down. <laughs> um, We've taught you well, Caitlin. <laughs> Caitlin trying to untie me from tracks. She's <laughs> putting her foot down. Yes, that's what she's doing. She's wearing a horseshoe. Um, okay, so I'm going to reveal the high and low point winners for the poll for the previous episode. So everybody voted on the Facebook group for what they thought the high point, low yes. point of the previous episode was. High point winner was Will and Caitlin's choice of Lord Bowler Amazing Grace. Yay. Of course. <laughs> that means I lose. That means Mel loses because really bad. that was her low point. And no one voted for that as a low point, but you. Mel, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I explained myself. It's the awkward with that. Uh, I, okay. Yeah. But it's Bowler singing. Yeah, I know. I know. He had a nice voice. Like, it's not that. That wasn't the problem. It's just the problem is when somebody else sings to somebody else, I feel like I'm a part of a private moment that I shouldn't be a part of. <laughs> I'm just glad that I got a vote this time. I was ready to start campaigning for votes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the low point winner uh, was my pick of uh, have faith in the orb and how how vague that is. (laughs) So I guess other people were kind of frustrated with the lack of answers about the orb. All right. So last episode we had uh, Matt... A sent us some feedback and uh, it went to the spam folder by accident so I'm going to read it at the top of this episode before we get to the recap and all that well that's weird you guys do feedback at the top of episodes <laughs> that is weird we're doing feedback at the beginning and, it, and we haven't been recording over an hour and we didn't already say these exact words once already <laughs> what's the A stand for uh, I don't know <laughs> a name I can't say properly <laughs> um so this feedback is, sandwich. <laughs> feedback sandwich. <laughs> this is from Matt A. Hi, this is Matt A. With my feedback for episode three, the Orb Scholar. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I did not like this episode very much. I thought it was on the dull side. I had hoped that uh, with the title, the Orb Scholar, we would learn more about the Orb, but we really don't. Not not much more than what we kind of guessed ourselves uh, that it's powerful when wielded by righteous people and dangerous if wielded by somebody with uh, evil leanings kind of we already kind of knew that so and the orb scholar himself who is this old man he kind of uh, he disappeared from the jail cell I think uh, maybe he was maybe they let him out and with bowler I don't remember um, he uh, or he, he broke out but I know that he disappeared at the end after he saved Briscoe's life. He just kind of disappeared. So he makes me think like he's an alien entity. That's gonna. That's my theory at the moment. Um, he totally Robert Patrick Modell that goon, got him to leave. That was a cool moment. Um, I know some people think that the uh, the orb when taken apart looks like a lightsaber, but it reminded me of the 
inanimate carbon rod from The Simpsons. <laughs> well, uh, what else happened in this this episode? Not much. Um, I felt like the plot kept falling back on itself. Like um, Frisco arrested those uh, did a citizens arrest on those goons, but it turns out they were sheriff's deputies and that they were corrupt. So he was thrown in jail. But a minute later, he was let out by his friend, the sheriff. So they went to a saloon, they had a conversation. Then a minute later, he got arrested again. Or maybe not arrested, so much as uh, apprehended, shall we say. So then they were going to drown him in that well, but he escaped. So that didn't go anywhere. And skipping ahead, he was uh, gut shot by Bly. And uh, he was dying, but then he didn't die. So yeah, I felt like the the plot just fell back on itself too many times. and, And there was no tension and nothing of consequence. And we didn't really learn anything. Um, except that Bowler is a pretty good singer. I, I guess say, uh, Bowler surprised me. I did not like him the, the last episode when he was drowning in a foot of water. I thought it was, like, a joke. <laughs> but, uh, he was, uh, more level-headed and, uh, realistic this time around. The gag when he, when he hooked the, the rug with the dog on it and dragged it toward the cell, I thought that was pretty funny. It made me laugh out loud. And, uh, then singing Amazing Grace at the end is, well... It was a sweet moment, but it was also kind of weird when you think about a grown man singing Amazing Grace to another man who's not related to him. Like, maybe, you know, like you'd sing that to your father or to your <laughs> child or something, but to another man of equal age who you're not even really friends with. They're like frenemies. So uh, that was bizarre, but also kind of sweet. So I don't know. Um, you know what this episode needed was Pete. Minus five points right there. No Pete, no professor, no women. There were no uh, women with speaking parts in this uh, entire episode. Socrates only appeared at the very beginning when he was um, putting inside, but he dressed up as a golfer. Just even though he was putting indoors, he had to put on the costume. I guess he just likes the costume probably more than the game. That seems like Socrates. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say. Um, Robert, Pic- I thought Robert Picardo was kind of wasted as the deputy, the throwaway role. All in all, a pretty uh, dull episode, really lacking in the humor that uh, the show does so well. Hopefully next week is better. I'm going to give this one a a low score. Brace yourselves. I'm going to give it 4 out of 10 waiters named Todd. burn on that episode. But he explained it so well about Buller singing and how awkward it yeah, is. Yeah, he agrees with you. Yeah! <laughs> why didn't you vote for me? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and uh, here's one more that came in late for uh, episode 3 that we'll play right here at the top of the show and not at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, intro to Briscoe. This is Seamus coming to you with his thoughts about the Orb Scholar. Not as good as the last two. Definitely not as good as the pilot, and certainly not as good as last week. You know, I, I understand they're building up this whole orb mythology thing, but just the episode just kind of dragged, and like some of the stuff with like the the old guy and the orb stuff was like, ooh, it's all mystical. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> But there were some nice moments. Everything with Bowler was pretty great. I, I love Bowler so much. And I had forgotten about his story with about his mom and his family. So that was really, really, really good. And then, like, the end with, like, you know, Br- uh, Briscoe taking out his old friend and stuff like that. That was fun. That was awesome. That was great. But 
overall, not very good. Although, and I'm sure you guys have mentioned it, Robert Picardo, a.k.a. the Doctor from Star Trek Voyager, was there. Hooray! So that was really fun to see him and being like a bad guy. Yeah, I'm all slimy and evil. Uh. So, and also in response to last week, maybe I am a little jealous of Bruce Campbell. You know what happens. He's an attractive-looking guy. Not my type personally, but you know what? He's all right. So this episode, ooh, it's like it's like a 5 out of 10. It was not my favorite. But I'm, you know, as I recall, the episodes only get better and better and better and better and better. So if you didn't like this, don't worry. There's all kinds of great stuff coming up. And if you did like it, well, then, hey, it's only going to get better from here. So that's really all. Don't have a lot to say this week, but I'm really enjoying this podcast, and you guys rock. So see ya. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Shapes. I love it. I love how enthusiastic he is. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like the name Seamus. I need to name something Seamus. <laughs> name something Seamus. Yeah, I don't know what yet. I can't well, you can name me Seamus. Okay. <laughs> What'd you say, Caitlin? I uh, said so you should buy a cactus and name it Seamus. Oh. <laughs> you had the same thought as Mel. Yeah. <laughs> My mind is blown. Seamus the cactus. Crazy. All right, so we got to jump right into the recap. You guys got anything else first? Nope. Nope. Okay. So, episode four, No Man's Land, or episode three, (laughs) depending on what you go by. Um, (laughs) So, uh, Briscoe's entering a town under siege, and he, uh, (laughs) the very first thing I want to notice is this extra that pops out. I posted a picture of him on the Facebook group. He looks like somebody. I don't know who he well, is. Well, I find but... he looks like a really, like, really old Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you found he looked like Eric Idle. Slash George Harrison. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what Claire thought, too. He looked like George Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. Did, uh, Will, Caitlin, did you guys notice who we're talking about? No, I didn't notice him. Um... Uh, I posted a picture on the Facebook group. Everyone can check it out. <laughs> the episode just kind of starts with, like, a close-up of this guy, and you're like, oh, okay, so let's see what's going on with this guy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he just kind of walks off camera, and we continue watching other stuff going on. I, I think he was just looting he something. He was looting a store. <laughs> so, yeah, it looked like, like Bob Dylan slash George Harrison looting a store. <laughs> <laughs> there is a mustache man extra that creeps up on intro to X uh, now and again that everybody loves. Uh, so I'm just kind of thinking this might be your mustache man. <laughs> I hope so. I hope I see him again. Maybe it's mustache man's grandfather. <laughs> yeah. They're related. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, there's, we should write a fanfic about like their family dynamic. <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> like, like he, your your mustache man, you know, he's lived a life of crime. He's been like, you know, looting old saloons and uh, <laughs> things like that. And you know, the other one he was raising, and now is because like his dad was such like a jerk and stealing from everybody that he just doesn't want to get involved in things. He just kind of like looks down on people around him. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it was a rough. As soon thing. as anyone personally involves him with anything, he quits his job and starts a new one in a different town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It right but, doesn't want to get involved in anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it basically writes itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever notice that extra in, in X Files before they brought it up? No, no. But this is why uh, this is why these those guys are on the show. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you wouldn't know if he keeps showing up. Or <laughs> no idea. Uh, awesome. I'm I will. I will know now, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. All right, so yeah, Briscoe comes into this town and he starts talking to a guy about who did this, what happened. Um, 
the guy starts describing these these men, and uh, Briscoe's pretty sure he knows who they are. He's been tracking the Swill brothers since they burned down an orphanage. Why would they burn down an orphanage? What is there to steal in an orphanage? That's what <laughs> children. I children. <laughs> Babies are a hot commodity. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Maybe they're selling them on the black market. Hell money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you know, diapers labor. are expensive, so yeah. you know, yeah. there was one place I'd go for diapers. It's orphanage. Yes. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, they need <laughs> diapers for all their inbred children. This they didn't mention. That's the fuel that the the secret weapon actually runs on. Children. <laughs> 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 Into the tank. Oh no. Babies. <laughs> Uh, so Briscoe notices a girl, I mean, Chinley, what was it? Cowboy Chinley? Cowboy Chinley. Uh, you really don't have to keep doing that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's harder than I thought. Uh, <laughs> Briscoe saves a girl from, uh, from explosion narrowly. And, uh... Uh, who has the worst dad ever. Yeah. Hey, Lou! Come on over here, stranger. I'm going to tell you about everything that's happening in my town. Well, everything's blowing up all around me. I'm letting my kid willy-nilly walk through the streets. So just run on over and blown up. It Why not? A, it was a different time back then, Robin. <laughs> yeah. And then he was about to go save her, and Briscoe's like, no, stay here. And he's like, no, okay. <laughs> I'm the hero. I trust this random stranger. <laughs> yeah. And then and then both Briscoe and the little girl collectively shit their pants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that it's like you know the, the the kids like how many paces away and it's like the dad's like okay you're gonna save her okay you're getting on your horse all right hopefully the horse gets moved all right let's move okay thank God he, he saved her rather than just running for the kid I know <laughs> yeah you gotta trust the hero when you're in the old west <laughs> always trust comment yeah or, yeah always trust comment talk um so after the credits uh, Briscoe's talking to Comet as he tracks the swills. And uh, any notes there? <laughs> Nothing really happened. He's just talking to his horse. <laughs> I'm just so glad that Comet got a scene this episode. <laughs> he gets a couple little, little scenes. Yeah, they mentioned earlier the names are Phil, Will, and Bill Swill. Yes. I hope Will and Bill aren't short for the same thing. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> my name, Will, isn't short for William, so you know, it could be the same thing. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah, I completely didn't think of that either. Yeah, it could, so- yeah, it could be like how you know, George Foreman had all his kids are named George. could be the same George thing. Jens. That's Georgia, Georgina. What? Well, it could be William. It could be Willem. You didn't know about yeah, that, maybe. Caitlin? Willifer. No, I did not know about that. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, all like six of his boys, they're all named George. And the girls are, are variations yeah. on George. Yeah. Why? <laughs> That's why I named that all my so girls good. Robin. Whoops. <laughs> 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 so uh, Socrates has called Lord Bowler to track the uh, an object of some kind. He's going to offer him $2,000 to find it. And for $3,000, Bowler says he won't talk about it to anybody. <laughs> sure. But we can find out. That, that's where my favorite quote comes from. Don't anybody steal it because the line delivery alone, it's not the quote, it's the line delivery. Yeah, <laughs> just because Jewett's carry is awesome. Yes. <laughs> um yeah, we find out later that he skipping ahead on my own show that he. Uh, he's, oh boy. <laughs> he's uh, good at keeping that secret because he, he reveals it to Gil. So that's a thousand dollars wasted. Um, so basically, yeah, he's got to go find a tank or a mobile battle wagon. So 
There's another in Also an, known an as basic thing. basic mobile battle. Your basic mo- mobile battle wagon. They <laughs> uh, want an existence, really. <laughs> this had a, a contender in this part for the low point of the episode for me until I realized there really aren't any tanks around. So when, when Bowler holds the blueprints upside down, it's like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm like, come on, dude. It's a tank. Hold it. It's upside down. Are you that dumb, really? And then I'm like, wait a second. There really aren't any tanks around. <laughs> so it can be anything. He has no point of reference. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to remember that because they have so many futuristic things in the show that, mm. you know, of the time period that they're set in, it's kind of hard to remember that. Yeah. That they're actually out of place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have to admit that when he was holding it upside down, I thought, oh, interesting. They made an upside down tank. I wonder what that's supposed to do. <laughs> Thing just hops around in its turret. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so Briscoe's closing in on the Swill Brothers, and uh, Will's got a poo because <laughs> of Phil's cooking. Uh, I actually felt bad about Will when Briscoe rolled up. It's like, come on, dude, can you just wait a few minutes? The guy <laughs> is in terrible pain. Yeah. Uh, what were you? You mentioned his underwear, Mel. Well, yeah, he was wearing like uh, long johns, and I was like, I hope he has a poop patch. I hope he's not pooping <laughs> in his long underwear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really wouldn't need privacy then, would you? <laughs> no. Just hold on, guys. Well, I, it's in my pants, so I guess I'll just stand right here. He might be that. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is brothers who hasn't pooped in front of their brothers. <laughs> Oh, Will, you are the grossest. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, Will. I meant the long hair, Will. Okay, I got confused. <laughs> do they? Yeah, some families, apparently. I don't no want offense any if any of you family. do it, but I know some families are naked in front of each other. Wow. They're okay with it. Yeah. I don't, I don't like Crickets. these families. <laughs> you're, you're making this up. <laughs> oh, I've read about it. It's weird. Like at this age? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess they're just free with their bodies. Hmm. They don't care. What are they doing up in New Brunswick? <laughs> not no, up there. it's not me! <laughs> <laughs> um, this was the internet that told me. <laughs> does anyone else think... Uh, does anyone else think Phil Swill kind of looks like David Lynch with less hair? A little bit? It does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we do know who he is, though, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet. You tell me. You go ahead. Uh, you're better at these uh, guest actors than I am. Dude, that's, that's Bob the Goon from Batman. Oh, is it? It's Bob. Oh my God, he looks much older. <laughs> He's my number one guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's that? But okay, yeah, all right. Oh, wow. <laughs> Tracy Walter or something like that. I just know him as Bob the Goon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's. I was gonna look at people's IMDb's, but there's so many guest stars in this episode that I just I have a few open, but. Um, so Briscoe comes upon them and then uh, he gets them to stick their hands up but a fourth brother that they did that he didn't even know existed Gil surprises him and uh, they all start shooting at him and he runs and then he does a cartwheel off a mountain <laughs> in midair <laughs> Comet just abandons him <laughs> yeah well Comet's he's I don't know he's going the long around the mountain he's not tumbling down the mountain with him could you imagine a horse doing a cartwheel down <laughs> Yes, I can actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is a little bit of uh, Bruce Campbellness, where he, he like just flips right down the mountain, and then he's like, "Whoa, yeah!" You know, all his yeah, his Bruce voices. <laughs> the best. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So 
Bill is uh, actually was Kistos on Buffy. Oh, really? <laughs> what kind of a monster was he? He was the one with the cloven hands, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. He was kind yeah. of a kill face. Right. Kissing, and kissing toast. Right. I don't know much about um, Will, except that he's going to be on the X-Files, and so will Bill, and so will Gil, but <laughs> Phil isn't. Oh, the one guy. Uh, Bob the Goon does not come on the X-Files, but um, Gil is played by Judson Scott, who was in The Wrath of Khan and V. Oh, that's where I've seen him. <laughs> so... And the X-Files, yes. And the X-Files. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I was looking at uh, uh, Gil's IMDb page here, and it looks like since 2002 he hasn't done any acting. Oh! And he's transitioned to being assistant to Mr. Blank. Assistant to Mr. Blank. Yeah. He's, like yep. a pro- assistant he's like a production assistant on the oh. Avengers and Captain America and Thor, Iron Man 2. Wow. <laughs> yeah, one of the producers. Um, I guess uh, I guess this guy who is like secondhand to frickin' con yeah. uh, is now <laughs> getting coffees for a producer of uh, Marvel movies. Yeah, so. no. mm, weird. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, yeah that might be con- a better job. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, in the con movie, wasn't he like, didn't he wear like a 70s jumpsuit kind of thing or something? Oh, well, they all did. Yeah. <laughs> they had their rippling chests out and yes. just, yeah. <laughs> Earworms. <laughs> um, so the Swills think Briscoe's a goner because his horse ran off, and Gil, Gil tells the others about the plan to meet their cousin Ed, who was a test driver for the army, and he's the guy who stole the tank. And he married his mother. Yeah, I didn't pick that up when I first watched it. I, I, so at the end, it kind of surprised me. Oh. <laughs> I, was I was like, how is this tank going to come into play at all? Like, what does it have to do with anything? And then at the end, it's like, oh, it's a cousin. Uh, and and uh, so Briscoe's landed on some tracks at the bottom of a hill. <laughs> and uh, here comes the rocket car from the pilot down the tracks. And Comet is not helping. He's knocking him over. Uh, yeah, Comet... Is trying to murder Briscoe. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. What'd you say, Caitlin? Oh yeah, I was expressing my thoughts on Comet pushing him onto the tracks too. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> yeah, he gets up a couple times and Comet just knocks him over. Comet realizes that Bruce Campbell is not being Bruce Campbell enough, and so it's time to kill him off and turn this show into the adventures of Bowler Ooh. and Comet. <laughs> So it's actually actor Comet coming into play and improving on his role as Comet. <laughs> the damn horse is improving again. You're <laughs> uh, uh, um, so good that they kept it in. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's like a, I don't know if the one of the shots here was like a, an optical trick, but it looked like the rocket car got pretty damn close to Bruce Campbell before he rolled off the tracks, and that was actually him because we could see his face clearly, but. Looked kind of dangerous. <clears throat> the rocket did look like it was going really, really slow, though. Yeah, but still it fast might've... enough to crush you if you're on the track. Well, it might have given him a bump on the head. I don't know. No. <laughs> no? <laughs> um, killed him? Yeah, or at least <laughs> chopped his arm off. Or something. This really felt like a forced cliffhanger, though, because I was being really frustrated. I was like, come on, dude. Just fall off. Get off the tracks. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Can't, can't you see that there's something coming up? Hey, he's got a concussion or something. He's I all guess. <laughs> um, that was the style of the old cowboy serials anyways, though. It was the drag on the... Everything <laughs> has like, to like, he's, he's still trying to focus <laughs> his eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They had to make it as cliffhanger as possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the guy in the rocket car hits the brake, 
and uh, he stops, and he comes over, and it's uh, Professor Wickwire. But were we even surprised? No. (laughs) (laughs) We were not. (laughs) But we were delighted. Yes. Oh, sure. I was happy to see the rocket was still in play. Yeah. And uh, so he gets off, and he tends to Briscoe. And then uh, we cut to Lord Bowler, who's caught up to the tank. He's trying to infiltrate it. (laughs) (laughs) What? Who side? Me. (laughs) You know, I would have been satisfied if it was like the whole episode was just him trying to get into that tank and failing (laughs) it again. Awesome. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Just like he's constantly getting packages from Acme. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What'd you sigh for, Robin? Do we need to talk about low points, high points yet? Or <laughs> do you want to talk about the... This is the low point of the episode. Okay. Bowler shooting the tank. Uh, he well, know, he's though. not the only one in this episode who does it. <laughs> he's experienced metal before, I'm sure. <laughs> and the effect of bullets on them is... Uh, well, maybe he thought it was thin metal. Yeah. Uh, Although Socrates did give him a heads up on how thick the metal was. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote down right here at eight inches of steel. Yeah. Socrates didn't get a heads up of how thick uh, Bowler was. That took a while to get that part, that line out, but uh, it works. Bowler isn't a scientific man. He doesn't know how much force it takes to get through eight inches of steel. Yeah, I guess. We'll, we'll chalk it up to that. <laughs> um, yeah, he should have had Socrates along with him to coach him. No, Bowler, don't do that. <laughs> Try something else. <laughs> oh, man. Uh... Didn't he tell him to get to the man uh, outside of the tank? Or Yes, I guess he's just patient. <laughs> he didn't want to wait for him to come out for food or something. I do love how, how like Bowler's just like, <laughs> this is going to be easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, he jumps on top of the tank. He tries to shoot it, can't get it open. Then he gets hit by a branch. And, yeah. <laughs> Another sigh, sorry. <laughs> uh, so uh, Wickwire's got... Uh, he's hooked the rocket car up to Comet, and he's hauling Briscoe to the nearest town. And uh, he's been on tour with his rocket, uh, just showing it off places. He's found he's got new newfound freedom ever since his fourth wife left him. <laughs> sorry, he's been on tour. Sorry, so just because of the uh, innuendo later, he's been on tour with his rocket. With his rocket. <laughs> with his rocket. Sorry. Just showing it off everywhere. I, ju- I just realized how that sounds. Sorry. Keep Take- going. <laughs> I see that we didn't get a close up of Comet pulling this rocket. Um, we probably didn't want to see how pissed he was. <laughs> It's got to be heavy. What do you think I am, a horse? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously? I'm going to drag Bruce Campbell around everywhere, and I'm going to drag this gigantic rocket, uh, freaking Gomez Adams, and uh, and Briscoe. What the heck? (laughs) Uh, So they passed a no-man's-land sign, and uh, Wickwire's intrigued by the burly lady blacksmith German ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and uh, another lady greets him and explains the sign, and it slowly dawns on him what it means. Yeah, it took him a while to get that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's a little slow. Yeah, and then he kind of like spelled it out. Oh, now I get it. There's no man here. <laughs> For all you stupid people in the audience out there. <laughs> I, just, I just like how she's like, get over it. <laughs> um, well, that character's name, I don't even know if you ever hear her name, I'm, but I looked it up, and her character is KC. Her name is KC. Like, yeah, Jenny you, calls her KC. Oh, does she? Okay. Yeah. I was furiously writing notes. Um, so then uh, he pleads for a doctor, They, uh, but they want him to leave 
uh, until the sheriff checks Briscoe out and dis- discovers his his special gun, and then they uh, she calls for the doctor. And uh, Bruce wakes up, and Wickwire explains the situation, and uh, he's very excited that they're the only two men in the town. <laughs> <laughs> he's in heaven. He's just sworn off women. Oh yes, he swore off women very briefly. <laughs> it's just this. Uh, it's like it's funny, and then it's kind of like. So basically, you're assuming since you're one of the only two guys in town that like everybody's gonna want to have sex with you now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially later when uh, the doctor tells Briscoe to stay on his back, and then Wigwire's like, "Eh, eh, that's a good place to be." Eh. What? <laughs> one of these girls is gonna jump on you. <laughs> uh, Wigwire kind of gross in this episode. <laughs> hey, Robin, do you have any trivia on who the sheriff is? Uh, I it was very obvious to me, but okay. uh, I, I, this is not my show, Matt. Um, oh, you go ahead, dude. That's that's uh, Denise Crosby, uh, Lieutenant Tasha Yar from Star Trek: Next Generation. Also was in uh, Pet Cemetery and Dexter and Dexter and and porno. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, she was in porno. Yeah, she was in uh, a lot of softcore porn in her early career. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be in my book. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I recently rewatched a lot of the early Star Trek The Next Generation where she's on the show and she's not as good as I remember her being. <laughs> and it might have been a reason why she got a. Oh, wait, spoilers. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay, she, she got killed off. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was her choice, though. Oh, really? I'm yeah, not I sure. I don't know the trivia behind it. So. But she. She. Um, had sex with Data, didn't she? Yeah. Did she? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I never found her to be a particularly great actor. Um, it's not. It wasn't the acting. It, it was. Uh, uh, it, it was the storyline that really bothered me. It was like she was constantly bringing up the fact that she comes from like a rape planet, <laughs> 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 and like letting all that color, like everything that goes on around her, and it's like it's like a one note character almost. Mm-hmm. I guess if you're from a rape planet, it would kind of dominate your life. <laughs> yeah, I guess but, so. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. But. Well, she was like constantly like hiding from these gangs that would like were infamous for raping people or whatever. Hmm. She got away from that and joined the Federation somehow. <laughs> wow. Um, where am I now? And then the doctor comes in. Oh yes. Oh man. <laughs> the doctor comes in, and we get uh, an, an anachronistic joke that I totally agree with probably brad's thoughts are that it's horrible <laughs> yeah. brad? Is, is brad here no he's not here but last episode he was complaining about an- anachronistic jokes oh okay well jeez this one is uh, oh doc <laughs> dr quintano medicine woman <laughs> yeah it's pretty who else groaned i did i did I laughed <laughs> I see the laugh on the groaners. Yeah. <laughs> you laughed. Oh, man. She had the worst Italian accent I've ever heard. <laughs> yes. Uh, so she checks him over. Um, he gets introduced to the sheriff. Yeah, Jenny, Jenny Taylor. <clears throat> um, by the way, sick Bruce Campbell is adorable. I wanted to give him chicken noodle soup. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, was, one, no one fed him. All, he was just all helpless. No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Poor guy. The big deadly teddy bear. <laughs> Aww. That's that's my uh. That's that's your I'm, weakness. Okay, I'm done. No. You're, you're a, a. I'm done. I'm done talking about how adorable Bruce Campbell okay. is for this episode. <laughs> Good. <laughs> for now. 
I don't like hearing about it. <laughs> um, Too bad. Can we talk about how adorable Bowler is? <laughs> yes. He's adorable as well. Aww. <laughs> uh, is gonna stick around town. He's not leaving. Uh, he's mo- he's very interested in those those mus- muscle bound ladies. Um, Shvinke sisters or something. Yes. Like that. Yes. Uh, the Swills arrive in town, and no one gawks at them like they gawked at the the other men that just entered. Yeah. I guess all it takes is one man, and then it's no big deal anymore. <laughs> I guess Wick, Wickwire, I mean, what's the difference between four dudes ro- rolling into town on horses and then one dude being pulled on a, a, a stride of rocket? <laughs> I guess he gets more attention. Maybe that maybe that was it, not the fact that they were men. Yeah. Like if I've ever seen a bigger phallic symbol... <laughs> <laughs> this is completely offensive. Look at that, look at that big penis coming into town. <laughs> Get him out. Get that out of here. <laughs> uh, um, doctor, uh, the doctor and Jenny explain the town to Briscoe and uh, Doctor Quintano, medicine woman. Yes, that one. <laughs> all the uh, all the women have their their chance to thrive here. They took took over a desert uh, deserted mining town. Um. The swills chase everyone out of the bar. Those poor ladies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Gil and Will clash over leadership of the gang. Briscoe disobeys the doctor's orders and gets up, comes downstairs, and he asks Jenny for his gun, but he accepts the, the town ordinance when she won't give it to him. <clears throat> Briscoe lets us know that, don't worry, women will all have equal rights someday. Yeah. It's just a whole new era coming. <laughs> yeah. I like how forward-thinking he is. <laughs> I guess. It seems kind of like, I don't know, tacked on or whatever. It's, on, it's very on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's pretty It's pretty funny. And then we got Casey looking very jealous. Um, that's my Tasha Yar. You think they're involved? Uh, come on. It's no man's land. Cold nights out there on the prairie. <laughs> Oh. I thought when they came in there, I thought it was a town full of lesbians. I thought that's why it was just all ladies. <laughs> why not? Maybe it could be. It could have been like a lesbian commune. You know? I have no problem with that. No. Yeah. Well. Neither would they. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Wickwire on this. This is this is the best ever. <laughs> oh, I get it. They're no men. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Will's just catching up from watching the episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so Jenny and the bartender, or Jenny and KC, confront the Swills and get them get the drop on them. But somehow they get outgunned, and the the Gills uh, or the the Swills <laughs> steal their guns, and uh, Gill steals the power of the sheriff badge. They didn't plan this very well. Yeah, that was a pretty dumb move there by the sheriff. Mm. Yeah, I guess uh, she's maybe she's not experienced. Maybe there's no trouble in this town usually. Like some guys just like held up a bar, took it over, and threw everybody out. Just do you want just kind of walk into that bar, <laughs> or do you call them out? I, I I would think calling them out would be a better idea. But skipping ahead, you'd think she would have known better, considering that she was John Bly's girlfriend. But maybe she point. was just... She, you think she would have learnt a thing or two from John Bly about uh, wiliness, maybe. being prepared? You know? I think you hit the nail on the head by saying she was John Bly, Bly's girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, because she's no good. No. <laughs> yeah, she don't know how to do with any sort of, like, hostage scenarios. <laughs> you can't quick draw. Uh, what am I going to do with you? You're useless. Yeah. 
go get eaten by a mud monster. <laughs> and then she did. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Is that the Swills. Yeah, that's, <laughs> really? Okay, yeah. I haven't seen it. So I, don't, I didn't know. Uh, oh, the monster. Swills take take their guns, and uh, Briscoe's outside, and he mimes to Jenny about the whole putting the key under the floorboard thing. He's going under the floors. Did you guys have any idea what he was miming? No. <laughs> I was like, what? I, did. I didn't get it at all. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I generally don't like it when but, people mime at me. I'm like, or, or when they like mouth words, I'm like, oh, yeah. I can. I'm sorry. I You need to speak. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I was thinking while he was doing it. I was like, I know what he's miming. But I was like, I wonder if anybody else would get that. <laughs> mm. Uh, he gets under the, the saloon and he tries to tries to get Jenny to hand him the key through the floorboards, but uh, Will catches it and he uh, he notices Briscoe and then the swills all fire through the floor and somehow nobody hits him. <laughs> this is a genuinely good cliffhanger though because I, I was kind of tense at like oh my gosh he's he can't get out of there now he, like he must have went the wrong way underneath the porch to get away from the gunfire. Yeah, he backed himself into a corner. Um. So then uh, Gil takes the shotgun and fires at him and again misses, but makes a big hole in the floorboards, which Briscoe uses to pop up through, hitting one of them in the face with the board on the way up. There's some hand-to-hand combat. That was pretty awesome. Against all these armed men. Yeah. He turned those tables quite effectively. Yes. Did he not just, like, raise the plank, knocking, like, one into, like, the other two, and then and that was it? I think, yeah, I think he took out three with the plank somehow. Yeah. Because <laughs> he only flipped one of them. It's like, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he flips one over his shoulder and then he kind of makes like a funny gesture. He's like, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, he did like the two-handed finger pointing. Yeah. <laughs> the exaggerated body pose. So, the Swills are worried about Briscoe and how he got away and what he's going to do. Uh, but Gil uh, comes upon Lord Bowler and uh, uses the power of the sheriff badge to make him think that he's the sheriff. And uh, he invites him to the bar. Meanwhile, old rapey McRaperson is falling from the lady. Kikisos is about to get his bath on. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Bill is following a lady to the bathhouse. Um, Lord Bowler and uh, Gil talk about the plan. Bowler spills the beans about what he's tracking a little bit, but... Uh, and he catches that something's not right. And before he can pull his gun, Gil pulls his gun and captures him. <clears throat> uh, Bill's excited about bath time and uh, and the naked lady in said bath. But uh, Briscoe knocks him out. Like <laughs> a trap. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody concerned that Bill's going to drown, by the way? <laughs> he knocks him unconscious into the bath and they're just like, oh, oh, um, I'll finish my bath, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he asked if uh, she knows how to tie somebody up, and she's got experience. And I'm not going to have to tie him up soon. <laughs> He's going to die. <laughs> yeah. She just ties him in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, he didn't say pull him out. Briscoe <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, leads Phil to a barn trap, and uh, this seems overly complicated with the whole swinging hay bale. <laughs> Why can't happens when you get a professor? Yeah, why can't you just shoot him in the kneecaps when he comes in? <laughs> just That'd make too much noise. Um, I'm surprised that you, that you didn't uh, mention uh, the two words here that I thought of. Um, home alone. I was about to say that, yeah. <laughs> I did write that down, Robin. 
Well, I guess there come the paint cans. I guess it's because they're in a barn. <laughs> yeah. Nobody lives in a barn. No, it made me think of Home Alone. It was totally even like the look that he got before he got the hay bale in the <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> totally Home Alone. Yeah. Knocks his gold tooth out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. He's looking for them, and he's just shooting randomly, but when he threatens Comet, that's when Briscoe pops up. And then they spring their trap, and the hay bale smashes them. Um, Wickwire's got another plan, one that involves cheese. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of a lame joke. <laughs> he just wants cheese. He's hungry. Yeah. Um, Heard that one before. <laughs> but Briscoe's looking for supplies in a cabinet, I guess, for that plan. I was confused at first why he was going through cabinets. <laughs> and uh, he finds a picture of Jenny with Bly, and he gets pretty pissed. Um, threatens to take Jenny in, but she tells him that's not what his dad wanted. Apparently her his dad uh, let her go when he caught up with with her at one point when she was with Bly's gang. So she says, Briscoe. <laughs> yes. Nobody else is saying this. Yeah. No proof. I met your dad once. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she could very well be lying. Uh, Matt, by the way, I met your dad once, and uh, he said that uh, you should give me a hundred bucks. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what's your what's your what's your email address for PayPal? Maybe maybe just a hundred <laughs> Canadian tire dollars. That'd be great. Okay. Oh All right. That's my life savings of Canadian tire dollars. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of shopping trips right there to Canadian Tire. Yeah. <laughs> they give you like what five cents every trip. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, so uh, Will comes into the house and uh, Briscoe starts messing with the bed and uh, Jenny does not like this plan <laughs> but he's uh, so Will the Swill brothers are known for being dumb Yes. so Briscoe here is counting on him not being dumb enough to fall for the old uh, hide, uh, just hiding under the covers thing and like to anticipate them being somewhere else and then, I don't know, outsmart him that way. But what if he was so dumb that he actually thought they were under the covers and he just blasted the covers? But he made it really obvious. Did you not notice he had a pillow sticking out the side, like where it was all lumpy? He mm-hmm. had like pillows sticking out. It was really badly done. Mm. Yeah. How long does it take to like just pull a trigger and then go to the next thing, pull the trigger, and then go to the next thing, pull the trigger? I mean, yeah. And he even looked under the blankets at one point. I don't know what he didn't. He might have been there. looking under the bed. Yeah. yeah. No. He yeah. He was looking under the bed. Oh, was he? Okay. But with all those pillows on the bed, I don't know how they fit in the bed themselves. Hmm. Maybe the the mattress was really uh like a uh, saggy. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, it's a water bed. It's a water bed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that would totally give him away. Just come in and the bed would be sloshing around. <laughs> I know you guys just jumped on that bed. <laughs> uh. Um, yeah, Briscoe pops out behind him and punches him in the face, and he falls out the window that that was too high to go out of, apparently, and and he does not fall two stories. And he also (laughs) says a worse pun than John Blythe said last episode. Oh, yeah, there's a bad pun here, too. Yes. Does anyone have it for a quote? No. You've been a key player, Will. And he grabs the key from him. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I love puns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the worst. I thought this one was better than the well one because it actually like flowed smoothly. Oh, I don't know. As opposed to, I don't know. It just felt really awkward when John Bly said his pun. I guess villains aren't <laughs> supposed to pun. No, they are. No, I thought they were. I don't know. Don't vi- villains pun all the time? Maybe de- in a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, Briscoe and Jenny enter the bar. 
and they find Gil holding Lord Bowler hostage. And Bowler doesn't want them to drop their guns, but they do it anyways. That's like for the third time that they make Briscoe drop his gun. <laughs> Never gets drop your gun or I'm going to shoot this stranger that looks pretty, like like he could handle himself and this looks pretty mean. <laughs> that you may or may not know. May or may not and care about. Yeah. Um, Briscoe offers Gil's brothers in exchange, and he says they're outside. So they come outside, and uh, the German ladies get some guns on Gil. And they're kind of at a standoff until the tank comes down the street and starts messing shit up. <laughs> uh, somehow Gil doesn't shoot Briscoe. He just lets him run away here. <laughs> <laughs> He's got him at a disadvantage, but he doesn't just blow him away. But Well, so much to take in. You know, there's a lot of buildings around. There's, there's ladies, a lot yeah. of ladies. And there's a big tank. I'll give you a sporting chance. Yeah. Run off. <laughs> um uh, Gil goes over and talks to his cousin Ed, who's in the tank, and uh, he asks him how his his mother has been slash wife. Uh, Gross. <laughs> and he wants to tear down the town, tear the town apart until they get his brothers back. And then all these dumb ladies start firing at the tank. <laughs> <laughs> they cannot get it through their skulls that it is not working. <laughs> They've never seen eight inches of steel before. Sorry. <laughs> How many bullets you got to fire before you realize it's not happening? <laughs> uh, I'm still laughing at Will's joke. <laughs> you know, Matt, when you're so angry that you just, like, you're irrational, mm-hmm. that's what these people are. I guess. <laughs> so Briscoe goes off to find uh, Wickwire because he figures you got to fight the future with the future. <laughs> and, uh, and then we get a uh, KC... She didn't get the point from all the other girls, and she starts firing at the tank, too. Standing in the middle of the street, mind you, <laughs> walking slowly towards the tank. I guess she's got a death wish. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, Jenny's obviously got her eyes now on Briscoe. Yeah, she's got nothing to live for. Right. Until. <laughs> <laughs> Until Lord Bowler comes over and moves her after the explosion has gone off. <laughs> Did anyone, like, look at that scene? <laughs> carefully because it totally explodes and then he pulls her away so they would have both died it looks like they both would have died but i don't know i was more focused on how awesome lord bowler is (laughs) and how he's the hero of the show yeah (laughs) (laughs) it should have been a spin-off i tell you (laughs) um so yeah he can't let her die and he grabs her um so then everyone's pushing the rocket into the street and they meet up with bowler and then they all turn the rocket and point it at the tank. And uh, Wickwire's having a bit of trouble lighting the fuse, but he eventually does it. And the rocket goes off and explodes on the tank. And I suppose Gil and Edward are dead. We don't really get confirmation of that, but no, I, but I assume their charred corpses sh- are in there. It is a TV show, so people do come back to life sometimes. <laughs> yeah, wasn't Pete dead, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, oh, I'm sad to see the rocket gone, though. <laughs> Maybe he'll build a new, better rocket. They are. Remember, Ilsa and Katrina will pound his rocket back into shape. Right. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Um, um, everybody's into a little hanky schwanky. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so we cut to the bar, and Briscoe and Lord Bowler are finishing up a drink. Um, say goodbye to Wickwire. Yeah, he's staying there. And uh, Lord Bowler has a little moment with Casey. A rare moment of softness as he gives mm-hmm. a hug. 
a hug. <laughs> it's adorable though, because he's like so grumpy, but then aw. He's like, you can't help but smile. No. He's like, damn it, I can't stop smiling. <laughs> <laughs> pretty adorable. <laughs> this is where we see this is kind of a family show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like, Bowler should have got more than a hug. He saved her life. Mm. <laughs> or maybe he just thinks I mean, of talking... her as a little sister. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, <sure. laughs> yeah. I'm talking Old West rules. I'm sorry. This is before <laughs> feminism. <laughs> yeah. uh, Briscoe says bye to Jenny, and they both talk about how much he's like his dad, and he misses his daddy, and uh, <laughs> uh, and that's basically it. He says, "Send what's left of the professor off to this address." I'm not sure what address that was. That is the end of that episode. It was a fairly quick recap. Yeah, yeah it's pretty uh, straightforward. This isn't uh, you know this is this is this isn't much mythology. You know, this is what I kind of prefer. Oh yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> now, now, seriously though, do you like orb stuff or just old west stuff? Oh, I'm more into. I, I love. I love when like old west stuff is just old west stuff. It's like you know you you, you get that anywhere, uh, any western. When you put, throw some sci-fi into it, it's kind of fun. It yeah. Sit up. Well, even though this was just old west, it still had a little bit of sci-fi with the the out of place and time tank. <laughs> yeah. But. Mm. But it's no orb lightsaber. No. <laughs> That's true. Um, you didn't really have to have faith in that tank. It just did what it did. <laughs> have faith in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys have any notes that you had that you didn't get to bring up? Because I was moving too fast or anything? And no, I, I talk too much. Caitlin and Will? No. No? I enjoyed one of the mid titles. Uh, tanks for the memories. Har <laughs> <laughs> har. There's only two chapters in this one. Yeah, there's only two chapters in every episode. I'm pretty sure, for, except for the pilot. Yeah, yeah. this pilot was like five or six chapters. Yeah. Um. All right. So we want to do some ratings then. Oh, man, I'm so not ready. To You're not ready for ratings. Do your start. Okay. Uh, how about our guest goes first? Okay. Um. This was a very straightforward Briscoe. Um, it didn't have a whole lot. It had some kind of likable villains in the fact that they were they were recognizable <laughs> from other things. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was just interesting the whole no man's land thing. I'm wondering how they even survive without letting other people know about their what they're like brigadoon-esque town yeah well, <laughs> was the, wasn't this episode directed by kim manners as well would you yes yeah did you know i don't know if you know any of his directing like trademarks did he do uh, no but i did remember when he first came out of the x-files this is this is the show he came from uh, okay so maybe he does a few episodes then i guess so um, I'm not sure. I so I don't know. I don't know um, many of his trademarks per se, but uh, I don't know how f- completely honed they were at this point in his career. I don't know. Um, all I know is he swears a lot. <laughs> what if he swore at Comet? <laughs> Stop improvising, you bleeping horse! <laughs> um, I liked it. It was just kind of you know, it wasn't like terribly spectacular as I'd want. I wanted, I, I want 
like I want more funny, I want more bowler, I want more comment. <laughs> so I'm giving it a six out of ten. More comment, more bowler, please. Alrighty. Agreed. Well, I will give it a six point five out of ten. Ineffective bullets, highly ineffective bullets. Uh, <laughs> I totally agree with everything you said. It was it wasn't a bad episode, but it wasn't spectacular. You know, didn't stand out too much. No. There's some funny parts. Um, I agree. Not enough bowler. Never enough bowler. <laughs> hmm. uh, what do you think, Mel? Well, I will also give it a 6 out of 10. Uh, mercilessly charred orphans. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that, uh, man, I gave her the 6 and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be like the poo-poo out of this episode. <laughs> you guys are right around no, the same No, it wasn't. It, you're like, you're, you guys are both right. It's just it's just an okay episode. Like, it's mm. not, it wasn't as exciting. I found mm-hmm. it was, I found sometimes I was kind of not really watching it. It was kind of bored a little bit. Mm. But it's still, it's still a fun episode. Just not as fun as the other yeah. ones. Yeah. Oh, good. The hero's got a concussion and he's going to be in bed for part of the episode. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, what'd you think? Uh, yeah, like you said, it's pretty straightforward. I think I may have liked it a little more than you. I liked Tasha Yar being mm-hmm. in it, and I liked the no man's land pun. I'll <laughs> give it seven and a half out of ten mobile battle wagons. Alrighty. And Caitlin? Alright. I'm. Pretty much the same page. Man, this is so boring. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> six and a half uh, unidentifiable, unidentifiable road kills out of ten. Yeah, it was it was an enjoyable episode, but it was a little slow. I thought some of the jokes were kind of too slow. Yeah. Alrighty. Um. So. Can I ask you like a possible spoiler question? Without yeah. and you can obviously have the option of not I'm, answering at all. <laughs> I I may not even remember because I've only seen this show once. But yeah, is this is this like just the beginnings of the show, or does it get like does are there I don't know are there more stakes? Does it, it get funnier? Um, I seem I seem to remember. Does it get better? <laughs> I, I, I hate to say that. <laughs> no, I it. I do I see I do seem to remember it getting better as it goes. Yeah, and, I, uh, I seem to remember that too. But you know, when you've seen it a while be- a while ago, mm. sometimes your memory can maybe that was just you. maybe that was just our affinity for the show growing as we watched more of it. Yeah, but I seem to remember enjoying it more and more as we went. Mm. But I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that the early episodes aren't bad. No, at least so. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I mean, it's no pilot of the X Files. <laughs> we weren't sure. We weren't sure how it would hold up yeah. from like when we watched it. Well, how long ago was it? Like almost ten years ago now. No. Well, we been. I don't know, two thousand six, two thousand seven. We yeah. watched it over five years at least. Yeah. yeah. There, there are like ninety shows that I was thinking it would be a fun thing to podcast about, like. Um, like Young Indiana Jones or like uh, Lois and Clark, you know, something that yes. sounds like it'd be a fun to have a conversation about every week. But then like you go back and you watch them and you're just kind of like, all right. I, I mean, I liked it because I have like nostalgia for it. And I liked it at the time, but uh, you know, it's very like family. It's very much a family show. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, it's very safe and there's not a lot of, to chew into, you know? Yeah. But maybe Bruce feels different than that. <laughs> somebody's got to do a intro cast on cop rock. <laughs> Sign me up. Oh, oh Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's. 
I think that's the key is doing a, a podcast about a show that only lasted like at at most three seasons. <laughs> if you do, Cop Rock, do you have to sing on the podcast? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, you do. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make Mel uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, my God, Robin. I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'll leave you guys with your private moment. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love singing. <laughs> I have to be involved in this. Join in, Mel. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to write, write a whole musical for every episode. Woohoo. Uh, oh, my God. Is there a musical episode of Briscoe? <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> Not that I remember. I'm not even aware if Bruce Cable can sing at all. I'm sure he can. Oh. Yeah, we'll just produce our own. So, let's go on to high and low points. Does anybody want to start? With, uh, let's do low points first. Well, I guess you could start with mine, because I already mentioned it. Bowler shooting the tank. It just... And then gets clobbered by the tree branch. But mostly it him just shooting the tank. It's like... Even just, like, <gasps> shooting... I, I, was, I was like, why is it now ricocheting in her... In, <laughs> hurting him uh he's shooting point blank at this tank it was the I, angle it, oh it wasn't straight on it was at an angle yeah yeah what's your are we doing all high low points yeah you can give us your high point at the same time sure oh okay um then my high point is when bowler saves casey um <laughs> bowler needs a hero moment in every episode um i'm really hoping that bowler becomes more of a um, a partner to Briscoe, like they're working for the same thing, or just kind of like end up in the same thing and haven't have to work together rather than Bowler chasing Briscoe constantly and shaking his fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when we get a moment where Bowler saves Casey, or, you know, saves somebody, um, I, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. As much as like it's like uh, you know you get in this trap where it's like well gosh it's because she's a woman she needs to be saved blah 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 no it's just because she was in trouble and Bowler saved her and it's kind of cool yeah I agree uh, yes Caitlin you want to go yeah uh, so my little point was when Professor Wickwire was actually figuring out oh this is no man's land <laughs> <laughs> that was just <laughs> So oh, slow yeah. and so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna, and I'm gonna. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was okay, just gonna. Okay. I was gonna say uh, I'm gonna write that as Professor Wickwire slow on the uptake about town. <laughs> Does that cover it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Good, good summary. <laughs> and for my high point, I'm gonna counter Robin and say that my high point was Lord Buller accosting the tank. <laughs> I think there needed to be more of this in the episode. I will send you a vote then because any vote for Bowler as a high point is fine with me. Well, you can one high point because that also involves Bowler. <laughs> I'm going to vote from anything that says Bowler. <laughs> Except for low points. Yeah. <laughs> Except for, well, my own, I guess I'll vote for. <laughs> I'll uh, shut up. Will, what do you I like what you said about, like, I like what you said about someone, like, sent, or Lord Bowler getting all his Acme packages because he <laughs> show, totally should have wildly coyoted this episode up. <laughs> yeah. See, get the show wacky. Bruce Campbell could do wacky. Yes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's lots of wackiness to come. Yeah. We've already had some. Boy, it's like I'm starting to sound like X Files newbies, like wanting the show to be different than what it actually is. <laughs> well, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. It's it's good ideas. <laughs> I just can't remember if it happens. It's all right, Robin. You got to take it out on something. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I'll be your punching. I'll be your punching bag. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Will, what do you got? Be my hugging bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, well, my low point was when that one Swiller brother tried to get rapey in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Yes. Was uh, it Bill? Was it, I think? I don't Bill. remember. Yeah, okay. Um, the keys does. I don't know. I got yeah. confused. Yeah. It's Bill, really. <laughs> yeah, we know who you, who you mean. <laughs> and my high point was when they used the rocket to destroy the tank at the end. I love that rocket. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> <That was good. laughs> Right. Yeah, you wouldn't think you'd see a comet pulling a rocket before. <laughs> Briscoe <laughs> County Junior. Yeah. <laughs> it's very space age. Uh, Mel. Ha, you're going to hate me. Don't be jealous now. <laughs> okay, my high point is Bruce Campbell looking adorable and helpless in bed. <laughs> His eyes were so twinkly. Um, <laughs> aw. Um, my low point. Um... It's just the whole incestuous brother thing was kind of weird. Like the whole incestuous family thing, like just the weird like inbred stuff, just kind of grosses me out. Okay. So, so how would you describe low that? Low point I guess? incest. <laughs> yeah, incest jokes. I just, guess. just incest in general. Yes, incest in general. That's a low point. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's You're still watching the X Files, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm cackling to myself. Oh no. oh no. Is that the next episode? Spoiler for the next I didn't say next episode, no, but there, <laughs> is it there's this, an infamous one. This season's episode? I can't this, say. Oh. <laughs> Newbies listen. <laughs> well, let's spoil your show. Go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, my low point is all the various ladies shooting at the tank and not getting the point. Uh, and my high point. <laughs> My high point is Briscoe cartwheeling himself off the hill. That is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That was hilarious. I tried to get a screenshot of that to use as the feedback call on the uh, Facebook group, but he's moving too fast and he's too blurry. You can't tell what's happening if you you isolate any single frame. Uh, I wanted so to you put... were like, all right, muscular sisters then. Huh? Yeah, I guess I I'll with... settle for this one. Yeah, I just went with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so what's next? Quotes. Let's do quotes. Oh, I don't have that much this Me time. Me neither. I've got like two. I didn't put There's anything a... down. Wow. You didn't put anything? Oh. Um... There wasn't that many quotes, like really. No. I'll, I'll do the all one right. I was talking about earlier. Okay. For $2,000, I'll find it. For $3,000, I'll promise not to talk about it. Delivery <laughs> alone. Yeah. <laughs> and his, <laughs> his expression on his face. Yeah. He's uh, so gleeful. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, does anybody just have one? Well, Will has none. <laughs> Somebody have to... Uh, does, does someone want to do the Swill Brothers one with me? with About the cousin Ed? Okay, I'm going to be... Bill. Ooh, 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 can I be yeah. one? <laughs> Rob. Yeah, okay, be one. I'll be uh, Khan's right-hand man, uh, Gil's Will. Okay. Actually, Will, you take over. You be the other one. <laughs> I want you guys. You're Phil, Will. I'm Phil. Oh, my gosh. Good thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm Phil. Okay, so, Gil, good to see you again. What you got cooking? Moving into the big time. How's that? You remember our cousin, Ed? The one who married Aunt Miriam? Thought he married his mother. That's what I said. Until recently, Ed was one of the Army's top test drivers. That man is fearless. You have to be fearless to marry your mother. <laughs> that was yeah, I had that quote. That is basically, yeah, the best quote of the show. <laughs> I've got another one that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> 
I need to go to the bathroom. I know what you mean. <laughs> that was my only other. <laughs> what does he mean? What is he saying? I know what you mean. Like you mean I just did. <laughs> uh, I'd like to quote one of the most terrible lines. Okay. And doctor, I uh, I'm sorry. I don't remember your name. Oh. Doctor Quintana, medicine woman. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. This is another. <laughs> well, this is just gross. You bubbling again, Bill? Like a sulfur geyser, Will? <laughs> the grossest, like, friggin' mental image in the world. Yeah. Really? I guess that's not too rare for him either. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could almost smell it when he said it. <laughs> oh, gross. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to feedback here. <laughs> like, quickly away from there. Let's run away from that. Um, <laughs> run away from that smell. Uh, okay, so let's get to the feedback section. <laughs> Um, our first one is from Heidi. Who wants to read Heidi's? I'll read it. Okay. There you go. Hey guys, I like Briscoe saving little girl. I'm always a sucker for heroes saving kids. Those are some of my favorite Superman moments. (laughs) Yes. Haha, Lord Bowler is looking for an upside down tank. (laughs) It's Gomez Adams. I recognized a couple other actors too, but I'll let you guys tell me where I know them from. Gomez. She hasn't watched the show before. Obviously. <laughs> Gomez Adams from the Adams family is uh, Professor Wickwire. Oh, okay. Well, so but she didn't recognize him before, though. I don't know. <laughs> Did she not watch the episode? Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a town of all women. Bet that won't last more than one generation. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. It's true. This episode got a little darker than I thought the show would go with the guy ready to rape the woman in the bathtub. Yeah, like... Yeah. Hey, wait, maybe they're in the works to adopt those orphans that, you know, were burnt out of that orphanage. <laughs> so maybe they're okay. Maybe. <laughs> Just the girls, though. Yeah. They left the, the boy, little boy orphans in the building. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She goes on to say, I wasn't thrilled with how the town of women was portrayed, having to be saved and all, but Briscoe has to be the hero. I guess at least they helped. All in all, a pretty enjoyable episode. Until next time, Heidi. Thanks. Not a one of them shivered in terror. They all grabbed guns. They were all willing to face the bad guy. So it just happened that Briscoe is the hero of the story. Yeah. So that's true. I think a lot of people did have problems with the women being ineffective, but you're right. They they at least tried. <laughs> <laughs> then they go, oh no, Frisco, save us! <laughs> uh, yes. Thank you for reminding me of that, Will. Uh, so on the Facebook group, we got one from Elizabeth Smith. Anyone want to read that? I can read it. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, intro to Briscoe-ers. Good thing the men were around to save the women folk from the moronic inbred Swill Brothers. What did I just watch? I enjoyed the first half of the episode, and I was really hoping that the women would come up with at least one idea to save their town. But I think I think that every idea came from Briscoe Bowler or the Professor. Hmm. Also, this episode pushed the limit on how many double entendres you can include in one episode safely. (laughs) (laughs) Hate to be so negative on this one, but I missed feedback last time and wanted to get some in. Keep up the good work on the podcast. Thanks. Jenny and Casey had their chance. They they just wander into a bar and expect them to just drop their weapons. (laughs) Briscoe and the professor had to be like, Listen, you gotta get inventive with this. You gotta set up some Kevin McAllister tricks. 
Uh, all right, so our next feedback is from Harold Wallen. Hi, Briskets. I'm calling with my feedback for No Man's Land. Uh, this was a disappointing episode for me. This was my least favorite out of the four so far. My biggest problem was that this town was just not that interesting. Uh, the idea of a isolated town uh, with only women inhabitants, it's been done before. It's almost always done a lot better. None of these uh, women were interesting as characters themselves. The only ones who were memorable were the uh, the German blacksmiths, but they were just a gag. They weren't actual characters. Uh, so. It was disappointing. Uh, just the whole episode just seemed lackluster to me. Um, in terms of positives, there were some good cliffhangers, particularly you know the ones that, as they're going to what was supposed to be a commercial break uh, back in the day. I did like the fact that Briscoe was again talking about the new thing, and that you also had a very modern attitude about women. He was very accepting about the idea of women doing traditional male jobs, and that. It was also, I guess, a good thing. There was kind of an inference there that Wickwire's daughter is not going to be a returning uh, character on the show. So I guess uh, say sayonara to her. Uh, other than that, I hope that the next episode is uh, going to be an improvement. And uh, look forward to uh, giving you feedback then. See you then. Bye. Thank you, Harold. Robin, what did you think of Wickwire's daughter? I don't, I don't remember her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, I wasn't that impressed at all, really. No. no. Yeah, she wasn't that great. Um, all right, so next one's from Victor DeGrand. Uh, do you want to read it, Robin? Sure. Okay. Ah, No Man's Land, the introduction of the Schwenke sisters. <laughs> um, oh, does that mean they're coming back? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> And Professor Wickwire is back. Since his fourth wife left him, he has sworn off women forever. He's going to go barnstorming around the country, offering rides on his new rocket car for five cents. Then he arrives at No Man's Land, a town populated entirely by women. And wouldn't you know it, the first people he meets are everyone's favorite female blacksmiths. (laughs) He takes one look at Ilse. Ilsa, Ilsa, and Katrina uh, flexing their muscles and is smitten. <laughs> Gomez Adams may have some gray hair now, but there is still no one who can leer at John Aston. <laughs> oh, I, for one, enjoy flux. <laughs> That's, I don't know if he spoiled us or not, but this it sounds like these sisters are going to be on his arm next time we see him. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> That's our default stance. I don't remember, even if we remember. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are many times where I'm like that, too. Um, okay. Lord Bowler has been tasked with recovering a stolen prototype of a mobile battle wagon, what you and I might call a tank. Working solo, Bowler has his usual amount of success. That is none at all. <laughs> the town sheriff is played by Denise Crosby, a woman whose past included a questionable career decision. <laughs> Art imitates life. <laughs> um, this week's villains are the inbred Swill brothers, whose family tree apparently has no branches. <laughs> In the end, the only Swill brother with even half a brain gets blown to bits when the rocket car destroys the tank. So it appears the fortunes of the House of Swill will not improve anytime soon. 
for all is not lost for the professor as the Schwenke sisters invite him to stay on so they can rebuild the vaporized remains of his rocket car. Um, in rating the episode, there is good news and bad news. It gains a point for the Schwenke sisters, <laughs> but loses a point for con- casting Denise Crosby, an actress who is dumb enough to walk away from a role in the Star Trek franchise, the closest thing in show business to guaranteed employment. Yes. Uh, say that to St- Scott Bakula. Um, uh, then her phone didn't ring and she didn't do lunch as often as she expected. R.I.P. Tasha Yar. Next Gen was a much better show after she left it. Wow. <laughs> Still, this episode earns a respectable eight lecherous professors out of ten. Regards, Victor. <laughs> Thank you, Victor. <laughs> uh, is that, is it, was that the first positive feedback about this episode? <laughs> it might have been. Well, yeah, I, to I be like, fair, I don't think uh, many of the feedback uh, mentioned the Schwinke sisters as much as Victor. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was smitten with them, too. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Muscles. Let K- me tell Caitlin, you. you're you're about to say something. I, I yeah, I think I think Will's getting the oh the Will Schwill, Swill brother is getting the shaft a little bit here. I think he did also have half a brain. I mean, just because Gil is more of a dominant personality, <laughs> I still think that Will is a good leader for the other two. Oh yeah, he's he's sounds like he'd been leading them forever. Like even probably back when they shot Briscoe there. Mm-hmm. So, but he's still around, so maybe he'll be back. Yeah. Uh, this one is from Bob DeGrand, the other brother. Um, he says, The sheriff is Denise Crosby from Star Trek, who was also Dexter's first victim. Bowler, oh. Bowler won't track a doomsday machine for 2,000, but for 3,000, that's different. Tree Branch 1, Bowler 0. <laughs> this show has mixed results with accents. The German was quite good, but the Italian was brutal. <laughs> On par with Angel's Irish accent. <laughs> Before Angel <laughs> <alone>. Yes. <laughs> Hope the Schwenke sisters can hammer professor's, w- Professor Wickwire's rocket into shape. What is it with Briscoe and railroad tracks? Yeah, what is that, anyways? <laughs> yeah. It's true. He always in. Little trusty railroad track set. <laughs> always ready. Yes. Um, all right. So this one is from M. Maria. Uh, has anyone not read one yet? Uh, I think we all did. Uh, Will, do you want to take it? Sure. Wait, wait, wait. I read it. I haven't read. Oh, you ha- you haven't read. Oh, I didn't hear you. There must know. be a delay because there was quite a bit of silence there. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was silence because oh, I've had my microphone on mute a little bit because my brother is showering and he's like music playing really loud. So I'm hoping you guys can't hear it. Anyway. So you're one of those families that walks around naked in front of each other? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> my brother would be so traumatized if that ever happened. <laughs> Alright, you can go ahead then. Okay. Hi all. This episode is full of awesome. I loved it. Oh, the potty humor. Oh, the not-so-veiled reference to the 80s TV shows. How can you go wrong? There's something great about how the show is rewriting history to be so inclusive of diversity. I love that this group of women have a thriving town. I love race is not an issue. Okay, I'm overlooking the Chinese slavery in the first episode. (laughs) I can completely suspend my disbelief with these aspects. (laughs) 
funny then that it bothers me that they talk about money in 1993 rates all the time. <laughs> in this episode, Buller negotiates 3000 to put his tracking skills to work. Let's put this in correct terms. 3000 in 1893 is equivalent to 48237 <laughs> in 1993 or 75545 7 in 2014. Wow. <laughs> I had that last number. I don't know what I said there. 75547. Okay. <laughs> and from Buller's line, this is going to be the easiest 3000 that I've ever made is not the first time Buller has made that much much on a gig. He must be rolling in it. <laughs> Some random notes. He is well, a lord. Yes. <laughs> Self-made <Runa>. lord. <laughs> that beer mug looks so tiny in Buller's hand. Oh. Is it... Is it smart to have that a cute little butt beer mug like a cute little Briscoe? Okay, sorry. Aww. <laughs> it is. Is it smart to have that tub on the second floor of a building? I have to imagine that violates some building codes. And how s- sketchy is that scene? You left some crazy large dude with a naked lady in a tub. That is. This is not good work. <laughs> mm, true. I think the one who's at a disadvantage is the crazy large dude who's unconscious. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. And drowning. <laughs> Still, though, I thought about that, though, after. And I was like, she has to tie him up while she's naked. Like, what is she going to do? Because she can't leave him in the water, like you said. Mm. So she has to, like, grab him, pull him out of the water while she's still naked, and then tie him up. That's just going to feed into his weirdo, creepy fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the help, Chenley. Does have the option of getting dressed first. But anyway. <laughs> she gets dressed while he's drowning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, continuing the email. So, I did a little investigating, and I looked up the Schwenke sisters. Has it been mentioned that they are sisters in real life? Huh. Katrina has won six Miss Olympians titles, and Ilsa won two Miss National Fitness titles. Jeez. What? Oh. They're too fun. I hope they come back. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's awesome. Okay. So, are they actually also German in real life? Uh, they must be. I don't know. It sounded authentic. Because yeah. I was listening to their German. Yeah, no, it's... Well, Good German, I thought. So, mm. but they they spoke very clearly. Not much of an accent for like regions, but yeah. Do you know yeah. Do you know German, Caitlin? Yeah, I know some German. Ooh. I well, I did live in Switzerland and Austria for a while. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Continuing the email again. <laughs> okay, that's all for this week. Apologies for any problems with flow or grammar. I wrote this while suffering from jet lag. I hope you all enjoyed this episode too. Either that or try jet lag. <laughs> it makes everything funny. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> wow. All right, so we got another one from Seamus for this episode. Hello, intro to Briscoe. This is Seamus coming to you with his thoughts of No Man's Land. Sorry for not getting my thing in on time last week. Damn you drafts in my inbox. But regardless, No Man's Land. This is an episode that is a lot closer to the Briscoe County show that I that I love because it's cheesy. It's fun. Professor Wickwire is great. More Boulder, always awesome. And oh, also uh, Tasha Yar is in it. Denise Crosby. So that's always really, really good. The the I, oh, you guys have talked a lot about how you don't like the puns. The puns are great. Tanks for the memories. Come on, come on. That, that's kind of amazing. And these like amazingly anachronistic things, like you know, Doctor Quinn, whatever the the joke on Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. The mobile battle wagon. Like, this is the kind of stuff that was always just mm, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Like, I just want to hug this show. It's just like, especially with, like, <laughs> Professor Wickwire. Like, he's he's happy about everything. I don't think... I'm trying to remember from the show if he ever gets mad about something. And I don't really recall. I mean, we'll see, I guess. Just, God. And, you know, like, 
it, it's weird to say like like I love Briscoe, but like my favorite characters are not the main character of the show. Because <laughs> Boulder is so great in this. Just the fact that he tries to take out this tank and then he just falls right. Up. Oh god. <laughs> But really, Professor Wickwire is the one who steals the show. It's great. The Swill Brothers are interesting folks. I'll, I'll put it that way. I'm, I, I'm not really sure what happened to their cousin Ed and his, and his mom. It seemed like something, something happened there. I don't I don't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for this week. You know, it's it's this show just keeps getting better and better and better and better. And I love hearing you guys talk about it. Really, really excited to hear more. And uh, yeah, so that's all for this week. So I give this episode 8 out of 10 tank memories. So until next time, intro to Briscoe, see ya! <laughs> see ya! Seamus okay. is a beacon of positivity. Maybe I hate puns too much, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, you're a stick in the mud about puns. Yeah, now. I am sorry, but I don't know. It's just, I just don't, <laughs> the, uh, I don't like the elbowing, you know, ah, isn't this pun funny? Eh, eh, eh. I don't like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Whenever people say puns, they like always say the pun and then they wink at you as if you're supposed to laugh. And I'm like, what if I don't want to laugh? Like, <laughs> like, you, know. like, you really don't want to be forced in any situations, do you? <laughs> no. You don't want you don't want people to make you laugh. You don't want people to sing in front of you to other people. <laughs> exactly. I want to be my own person. I be <laughs> woman. I, maybe I should move to no man's land. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Matt. <laughs> yeah, oh. sorry. <laughs> See ya. All right, so now we got we got one from Claire. Yay! Yay! She missed last week because she was hanging out with other people. Boo! Boo! <laughs> she didn't come hang out with us. Boo. Just jealous. We are. All right. Okay, here's Claire's. Intro to Briscoe. Hi, uh, everyone. Um, just sending you some feedback. Um, and I know I wasn't able to send you feedback for last week for the Orb Scholar. Oh, by the way, this is Claire, obviously. <laughs> um, so here's some thoughts on the Orb Scholar. I, I like, I everyone really liked it, and I, I don't know. I just thought it was a bit somber. Um, I enjoyed it, but I didn't like it as much as some of the other episodes. Um, maybe it's because there was no peach. Yeah. But it is the episode that has officially made me love Bowler because he was amazing in it. Um, and I have to say, the bit where he appeared from under the blanket um, after Briscoe sat on him was possibly Bowler's best scowl I've ever seen. It was it just was delightful. Um, so yeah, I'm officially on Team Bowler. Uh, anyway, so about this week's episode, which was called uh, No Man, No Man's Land. Okay, so I've got a few notes, so bear with me. I had to make these notes while I was working, um, so <laughs> I'll see if they make any sense. So at the start, when there was going to be the explosion in the bank, um, did anyone else see a guy that really looked like George Harrison running away <laughs> from the explosion? <laughs> um, it made me do a double take. It looked like George Harrison, sort of dressed as all in black and as a cowboy. Um, that was weird. <laughs> Um, so when they were talking about the gang, um, Briscoe and the other person, about the gang that burnt down an orphanage, and one of the members of the gang was described as nervous and crazy, I got really excited because I thought it was going to be Pete. And I was like, oh, Pete! But no, it wasn't. It was Bill, Will and Phil. Um, uh, what else? Oh, I liked that um, Socrates and Bowler were working together. That was cool. Um, when we saw the three brothers, I recognised... Um, a few of them. I recognised the one who played Will and the one who played Phil um, because the one who played Phil has been in everything. Uh, I recognised him. He was in Silence of the Lambs. He was in Philadelphia. 
who's in Erin Brockovich, and he was Bob the Goon in Batman. He was Bob! That's so cool! Um, So yeah, Phil, I'm a fan of you. Um, I don't know his name in real life, though. Uh, We get the return of the rocket car, which was awesome. Um, I love that Professor Wickwire is now like, oh, it's just going to be me traveling around, blah, blah. And I was like, what happened to your daughter? I don't mind that she's not there anymore, but what happened? Do we not talk about her anymore? Okay. Um, One of the things about this episode, I thought, was that the directing or the editing seemed very loose. Um, It wasn't as tight as the other episodes. There was a few times where it would sort of linger on a shot or a line, and it just seemed to be like a second too long. It was. It it felt like it needed (laughs) tightening up. I don't know. Uh, Also, did anyone notice that whenever the three brothers were or the four brothers were around, there was like the sound of donkeys braying? Because when they arrived in town, there was donkeys braying. There were no donkeys around. They didn't have donkeys pulling their cart. And then there were donkeys as well, and they were in the middle of the desert. And then later there were donkeys, like the noise, when the brothers were there. I thought that was weird, but amusing. Um, I've written here, Accent Doctor. I don't know what that means. Uh, I liked Wisco's escape onto the floorboards. That was really cool. Um, I liked that when it was Bowler versus Gil Swill, it showed that Bowler wasn't dumb when they were having the conversation about the tank. And obviously he's been a bit dumb in previous episodes, but... You know, I like that they didn't make him dumb in this. Um, the sheriff was in John Bly's gang. Um, oh, which made me think: Are we ever going to see Dixie Cousins again, or is she like the daughter uh, whose name I can't remember? It, has she just disappeared? Because that'd be a shame. Um, the tank or the Doomsday Machine, which I loved as they called it, um, was uh, made of dynamite because when that rocket hit it, like the whole tank exploded. <laughs> I thought there was just going to be like a hole in it, but it exploded. <laughs> So, okay. Um, Boulder was super cute at the end when he was flirting with that girl. I was like, oh, he's so sweet. And then at the very end, there was like the last line, I think the Briscoe said, and there was the noise of sparkles, which really made me laugh. I was expecting Tinkerbell to fly across the screen. It was really cool. Um, so, yeah, I like this one. I didn't like it as much as the first two episodes. Um, it didn't feel like the editing wasn't as tight. Um, I didn't feel like Briscoe was on point this episode, but I really like Bowler. Uh, so I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 adorable flirty Bowler smiles. Aww. Or something. I don't know. Um, and I think I would have given last week's episode 7 out of 10 as well, but uh, I, I don't know. 7 out of 10 Bowler blanket scales um i can't wait to hear what you guys think of it and i'm looking forward to watching the next episode and i'll speak to you guys soon bye (laughs) when they were describing the swill brothers i totally thought it was supposed to be like pete and bly as well i would have been so excited to see pete yeah because it didn't describe one of them with long hair and kind of crazy or something yes yeah nope no pete yet um Robin, she found a way to make a dig at the X-Files even through this feedback. Oh, I had to step away, step away because of a toddler meltdown, but uh, um, I'll, I'll look forward to hearing that. No, I just mean she 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 dug at uh, Kim Manners directing. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, obviously she didn't know who she was talking about. She would have been probably more... I mean, I, I'm pretty sure she's a Kim Manners fan, so she's going to be really upset at herself when she realizes. <laughs> All right, so we've got three left. This is from Matt Bays. Hi guys, it's Matt here with some thoughts on this week's episode, No Man's Land. 
uh, find I don't actually have an awful lot to, to say about this episode, which I think probably uh, says it all, really. I, I like the Swill Brothers, although Gil, not so much. Uh, I dislike the fact that the women were portrayed as being fairly useless, really, in this episode, and it, it, it needed the menfolk to come and, and, and rescue them. Uh, Dr. Quintano, medicine woman, that made me laugh out loud. Uh, I liked Bowler's uh, turning his nose up at a measly $3,000. Uh, in that year, what would that be worth now? 200000 300000 Doesn't sound like a measly amount to me, but there you go. Overall, it's, it was okay, this episode. It wasn't as funny as, as the previous week's episodes. Um, so, a score would be Zexlein Halt von Zen, Deutsche Starke Frauen. Making and das nächste Mal sprechen und Savid Zen. Tschüss! Wow. Can you translate that, Caitlin? Uh, are you muted, Caitlin? Yes, yes, I was yeah. talking to myself, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say tschüss. Anyways, um, I wasn't paying attention. All of a sudden I was like, oh, he's speaking German. And then I started listening. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. So you have no idea what he said? Um, if I listen to it again, sure. It'll forever be a mystery. You can you can post what he said on the uh, Facebook group. Or he can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll do it. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Matt. Uh, we got some feedback from Brad. Yay. Brad. Brad Couples. Who's that? <laughs> yeah, I don't Who's know. That? No idea. Um, Ooh, I'll read it. Okay. Start, <laughs> up. Starts with here's a question. Here's a question. <laughs> <laughs> if Fox was betting on this being their big hit, why does it look so cheap? It looks like the A team, but it's 10 years later. <laughs> In fact, this whole episode feels like an A-team plot. Do we really need to break out the rocket car again this soon? Nice try, little ladies. It's cute that you've created your own little play city. But what you really need is a pat on the head and apparently bulletproof Briscoe and Kevin McAllister to fix your problems. Awesome. If you've got a town that you're trying to keep creepo oppressive dudes out of why are they so cool and letting super creepy old man gomez adams mcpervington stick around harassing these german women this is the first person i would kick out of my town Uh, sincerely brad i didn't know we were having brad on this week Bye, Brad. Thanks for the cameo. No problem. <laughs> uh, I wonder what he's going to think of your impression of him. He loves it. He loves it? He's heard yeah. it before? I, <laughs> I did one on uh, Intro to Axe last week because he uh, he skipped out. <laughs> Robin is just speaking for Brad right now. <laughs> he, he loves it. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, you just got to... He just kind of takes over your entire body, like his soul. Yeah, his, goes into like, mine. Yeah, kind his of like spirit. He takes over your body sometimes, Matt. Yeah, I've had that happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're familiar with this phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's our last feedback from Moira. Hey there, Briscats. It's Moira. Just sitting down to watch No Man's Land. Boy, I hope that's the right one for this week. Here we go. Oh, I need to go to the bathroom too, sweetie. <laughs> you it's funny every time i see comet now i find myself staring at the the star you know the white patch on his nose and thinking oh is that the, the actual comet is this one of the other horses all because of matt's background information so cool oh hilarious it's a tank 
I kind of expected the three boys to say, Hi, I'm Larry. This is my brother, Daryl, and my other brother, Daryl. <laughs> we sneak up on somebody in open country. These guys are so dumb. Our comet's just very stealthy. <laughs> you have to be fearless to marry your mother. The inbreeding is hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's put the inbred Ed behind the, the controls of a tank. This is great. I love it. Oh, yay, it's John Aston. Woo! On his rocket. This is great. Well, I see you develop brakes. That's handy. Oh, my, a town of omen ladies. This should be interesting shenanigans. Dr. Quintano, medicine woman. That's awesome. <laughs> the little inside nudges and winks in this show are awesome. <laughs> Adapt or perish. Yes, you need to show them your rocket. Air quotes. I like how optimistic Briscoe is. He's such a futurist. I like the way necklaces always snap off with one quick yank in movies. The swirl boys have the worst aim of anybody. It's hilarious. <laughs> Coat hanger, soap, and some cheese. Cheese, I'm hungry. <laughs> I love the professor. Oh, no, what's he going to find in the box? A link to his dad or a link to him? Let's see. What is it? Oh my, John Bly's mall. Oldest trick in the book, but these guys aren't real bright. <laughs> It'll be perfect. Yes, yes, we do think you're stupid. They're in the closet. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> they were in the bed. That's great. I love this guy. Frisco. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, I admit the tank's a little formidable, but I have faith in our hero, Frisco. He will figure it out. Oh, there's some spitting just for Will. Good lord. I kind of hope they don't destroy the rocket car in the process of destroying the tank. Hmm, I kind of like it. You know, usually getting mammed is not a good thing, but if Briscoe Jr., County Jr., mammed me, I think I could live with that. Me too. <laughs> I like this one. I like it when the wacky professor shows up, and I um, I like the hijinks as they knock off the, the Swill Brothers one by one. I mean, before I was complaining that it was a little too predictable, but I, I think, you know, I'm getting into the swing of this. This is... This, it's part of the charm of this show that um, Briscoe is so talented, does everything well. He even dodges bullets underneath um, floorboards. <laughs> and yeah, I think to really have fun with the show, I just have to go with the flow and uh, look at it as being just a romp. But a really, a really sweet one. It was good. So I'm going to give this one um, seven and a half out of ten trips to no man's land. All right. Take care. I hope I sneak this in under the wire. I think you guys just started. Bye. Thanks, Moira. Thanks, Moira. I, it's really, it's really funny how you know all these different bits of humor hit people different ways. Like yeah, some it's people, great. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Yeah, I like that though. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Thanks everyone for your feedback. Beep. Late breaking news. We have more feedback. It came in just a little bit late, like right after we stopped recording. So I'm gonna feature those two feedbacks right now. All right. The first one's from Matt A. Hi, briskets. This is Matt A. with feedback for episode 4, No Man's Land. A town without men. A concept that it took the professor a very long time to grasp. Or maybe it was John Aston's acting, I'm not sure, but when they rode in there on that uh, wagon, he, he looked around, Something, something's weird here. There's, there's only women. Wait a minute. No Man's Land. There are no men in this land. No men. Only women. Right? Only women? No men? Only women? <laughs> and then that one lady, she's like, yeah, just get over it. Anyway. Uh, 
I just finished reading Why the Last Man, so this episode is very apropos. In fact, uh, that one lady, uh, she even looked like Agent 355. At least her hair did somewhat. Um, I liked seeing Tasha Yar again. She plays the sheriff. We learn that the town has an ordinance against guns, and Tasha takes Briscoe's piece. And I'm kind of thinking that this is a uh, episode sponsored by the NRA, because at the end, they're under siege from a tank, and they have no weapons, and it kind of proves the NRA's point that you'll find more violence in gun-free zones. But I hope that's not the case. <laughs> I also hope that this episode is not trying to make any kind of point that women are inferior to men or cannot uh, stand against adversity without the help of men, since uh, we did see that Briscoe Bowler and the Professor kind of set the plan in motion at the end, and without their help, the town could have fallen. I prefer to think that the writers were saying that the sexes are stronger together than apart. But it was ironic that the tank was finally destroyed by a giant metal penis. <laughs> Let's see, what else? It seemed like there was a lot of conversation about people using the bathroom. All this talk about inbred brothers, Bill, Gil, Phil, and Will Swill, made me very excited for a certain X-Files episode, which was also directed by Kim Manners. I will say no more. After Bowler was knocked off the tank by that branch, he seemed to give up pretty quickly. I felt like he could have crab-walked faster than that tank was moving. That Dr. Quinn medicine woman gag was just really awful. Yep. But I liked it anyway. <laughs> I wish that Lord Bowler had sung something to Agent 355. I'd like to hear Julius Carey sing something in every episode now. Oh, here's something. Um, right before the tank shot at uh, 355, there's a just a terrible shot where she is looking at Julius Carey, waiting for him to tackle her. And at this point in the story, she hasn't met Bowler, so we would expect her to appear shocked or perplexed, some kind of reaction to his presence. But the actress isn't doing any acting at all in this moment. She's just standing there waiting for the stunt to happen. I included a screen grab in my email so that you know what I'm talking about but I felt like it was a really bad edit and it made me wince I loved the scene between Tasha Yar and Briscoe where she told him that his father could have locked her up for being a part of Bly's gang but showed her mercy instead and how much like his father Briscoe is it was a really nice scene um, a very sweet scene my personal high point of this episode there are a lot of nice moments, and funny moments, and yes, also pretty dumb moments, but I liked it much, much more than the last. I think I will give it a score of 9 out of 10 disturbingly muscular froleins. Great, thanks Matt. Man, the people are all over the place on their love or hate for this episode. It's pretty great though, I always look forward to your voicemails. Alright, so now we got a feedback from Daniela, and she says, The main plot of No Man's Land does not really offer much surprises and is rather cliched, yet making the town that is raided by the outlaws a place that is solely inhabited by women is a clever move. 
especially because of the underlying motive that makes Briscoe look for the coming thing. Sisters doing it for themselves certainly was and is an issue. I must admit though that, that without the subplot of Bowler chasing the tank and the bizarre inbred Swill Brothers, this episode would have been a little bit too dull for me. Thank God there was also Professor Wickwire and his rocket to save the episode and the day. There is of course one thing I need to comment on and this is the Schwenke sisters. I surely love their German, but in fact the sound of it is not quite convincing to me. Their pronunciation is not actually spot on, and sometimes the diction is a little bit odd, as though a sentence has been translated verbatim from English into German. I also like them a lot of stereotypes, it's pretty funny and something I can laugh about a lot. Maybe because I'm not blonde and blue-eyed. All the best, Daniela. Thanks, Daniela. And now back to a couple days ago and the rest of this podcast. Bloop. Um, and next episode prediction. All right, so the next episode is called Briscoe in... I don't know if this is... Jalisco? Jalisco? I don't know Jalisco? if it, I don't know if it's a Mexican word or not. I don't know. I read it as Jalisco. It's a it's a yeah. region in Mexico. So Jalisco would, is a region in Mexico. So it would be Jalisco? Oh. Yeah. 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 I have a friend who's from that region. Okay. Oh. okay so what, what, this is how I know. What how do you, handy. What do you think the episode's about? Your friend? <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. Um, I like to give a shout out to my friend uh, Sarane, and you know I'm really proud that she's made it onto the plot of Briscoe. I can't believe she helped kill Briscoe's dad, though. It's pretty messed up. I know. I mean, she normally is just an engineer, but that happens. Well, this was 20 years ago when she was on the show, right? Oh, how old was she? This is a science fiction western show. No, just science fiction. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, any any more uh, predictions about what it's about? Can't go too much off of the title, I guess. Well, when I saw it, I thought it was Briscoe in jail. Yeah, that's what <laughs> so I, I was like. Oh, he's going to be sent to prison for something again. Yeah, you know he's going to Mexico. Hmm. <laughs> so perhaps he's going to track down a member of John Bly's gang. Maybe he's going on vacation. <laughs> Yeah, a little sun, relaxation. It's going to like some. It's going to a resort. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Uh, all of his dreams come true. Get a little bit of drinks. Yeah, he's gonna wear a sombrero. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. funny sombrero. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> I will predict. Do you think Comet will wear a sombrero? Comet's gonna be with. <laughs> <laughs> on a towel. Bowler. He's going to be laying on a towel getting his suntan on. <laughs> Bowler will be amazing in every scene he's in. Okay. And so we'll comment. He's going to come out of the sand at one point. He's going to be out of the sand. Briscoe's going to lay his towel down on the sand and then he's, he's going to lay down on, on the beach and just be like, hey, get off of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like a fat guy will put a, a chair over his head, sit down. Nice. Crazy sound. I think we will. I'm sorry. I think we'll find out how Pete came back to life, and I think I'm going to predict that for every episode until we find out. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay. Well, you might you might be lucky this time. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. I don't. Um. All right. So, Will, yes. plug your podcast. Down below a Babylon 5 intro cast. We're still pretty early in season one of the show. All right. Um, and Robin? Um, my podcast is Downton Below. We basically <laughs> just focus on the service staff of the Abbey. <laughs> uh, 
don't really care what's, what's on the, the rich people. <laughs> you can find that at intro.downsinbelow.com. <laughs> Beautiful. And? <laughs> oh, well, uh, <laughs> uh, well, Redemption Cast is on hiatus. That's at redemptioncast.blogspot.com if you wanted to catch up on old episodes. But we will be back in hopefully a year's time after uh, uh, the potentials finish up uh, Buffy. Um, but uh, in the meantime, and for pretty much the rest of my life, join in and listen to uh, Intro to X, which is an intro cast to the X-Files. Um, that's at introtox.com. Great. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on with us. And, uh, oh, thank you for having me. All right. So until next time, I guess that's it. Goodbye, everybody. See ya. Sayonara. Bye. Sayonara. That's not Old Westy. No, it isn't. <laughs> Happy trails to you. Until we meet again. I'm singing to Will just to make uh, Mel uncomfortable. Oh. Uh, Can I join in? Except I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Bye, everyone. Oh, it's no man's land. <laughs> <laughs> joining us folks be sure to tune in again in two weeks time for the next exciting episode in the meantime please be so kind as to follow along with us and send your feedback to introbriscoe at gmail.com if you'd fancy to you can join our discussion on facebook at facebook.com slash group slash introbriscoe also we're on them newfangled Twitters at IntroBrisco, and we've got one of them fancy blogs at introbrisco.blogspot.ca. Well, as you can probably guess, we're here in the LTV studios with my close personal friend, George Harrison. George, I, I'm so excited that you're here, I could, I could just pinch your cheeks. Could you? I imagine you must be pretty excited yourself being here on LTV. No, not really. Now, you were involved in the Prince's Trust concert. Now, that was an amazing group of people assembled there. They were all alcoholics. <laughs> uh, yeah. George, you're a pop star, you're a movie producer. What do you think is your most outstanding talent? I can drink large quantities of wine and things because I'm not an alcoholic. Right, well, let, let's change the subject. Um, about your new album, what kind of audience do you think it will reach? It's really for everybody. I think, you know, you don't have to be an alcoholic. Okay, okay, forget it. Um, George, who would you say is your number one role model in life? The big fat guy who vomits all over the place. Ed McMahon? Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in, George, and I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Do you want the truth? It was a pain in the ass.